Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. The clinic is open with your host, Jeff Kowal. Jeff is president of... Wait a minute, am I... I got the wrong sheet here, Jeff, don't I? Or not? No, here we go. Like, I don't know your name by now. Jeez. <laughs> Good morning, Paul. Off to a rough start. Good to see you. Good morning. I'm just glad everybody made it uh, with oh, the yeah. roads. Good morning, Jeff Kowal, president of the Kowal Investment Group, of course. Now, we've got a full studio, so I'm going to let you introduce everybody, talk about the program. We are live today, so we can take calls. Pretty exciting, hey, Paul? I'm very excited. Should we open up phone lines right now? Sounds good. Uh, 799-1130, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Number. We take all questions about your retirement, your future. Again, 799-1130, retirement questions of any type are welcome. We'll give you all the background on the Kowal Investment Group. In fact, two of the voices in studio today you might recognize from the market updates Monday through Friday. That's right. Monday through Friday, we do business reports. Um, at 3 o'clock news block on WISN, 5 o'clock news block on Mark Belling's show on WISN, and then at 4.55 on WIBA and Mass and Vicki McKenna's show. We give you one minute on what's going on in the market that particular day, whether it's a government report, corporate earnings, random terrorist bombing, bombing a terrorist. Things happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's affecting the market that particular day? Christine Hayward's in studio with us today. Hi, Christine. Hi. Christine, welcome me. back. Thanks. It's good to see you. One of the voices I mentioned that you hear on those market reports. How did oil bounce back? Did it bounce back after oh, that yeah. initial? Yeah. A- actually dropped. It was up a little bit uh, right after the bombing, up about 3%. And then went back 2. down. 2.9%. And then it dropped right away. That's the best thing about this, that one of the things that President Trump has done is made us energy independent. So it doesn't matter what, uh, and I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. It does matter yeah. uh, what the... Uh, uh, what they do in the Middle East, but we're not reliant upon them as, totally as, for, much, as much as we have and been. We're actually net exporters of oil, so it turns out to t- that part of it turns out to be very good. It's not good that they're bombing our, our uh, embassies. That's not a good part. But uh, you know, but things have settled down quite a bit. Oil prices have gone back down a little bit. So yeah, everything's good. Who's doing today's sexy segment on wealth management and preservation? That'd be us. Okay, just making sure we cover that. We always get to the boss minute. That is an acronym for Business Owner Savings and Security. That comes up with Aaron Kowal. And the sexy segment is going to be really good this week because it's part of the Secure Act that, that could uh, be um, – a big surprise to people who, especially those with large, very large IRAs. I want to give some background too on the Kowal Investment Group, Jeff. Uh, the world headquarters in Waukesha, but in addition, up in Ozaukee County, you've got a Port Washington office in Phoenix, Arizona, for all you snowbirds out there. And of course, your newest address in Racine, can't miss that sign right off of I-43, but also in Madison, the Middleton office. And I believe, Christine, that's where you work. I of. do, Yes. Did you drive here from Madison today? I did. I I was worried. I thought, you know, we're going to have to go through our snowmageddon, but the roads were perfectly God fine. bless you so, for being here and making the trip. <laughs> That's very good. I was going to can I was going like I live in Cedarburg and I was thinking of just banging it today and you, not coming you, in. You, yeah, I, I got that text, Paul. <laughs> but I was getting text from Christine as well. You know, cuz the weather and, and, and when we get here she's 
she had some unkind things to say about Weatherman because it's supposed to be <laughs> it's supposed to be the worst weather possible coming from Mass. It's supposed to be horrible. She's texting me last month night, oh, texting yeah. me this morning. It turned out to be hey, I had no problem getting in. It was fine. Yeah, salt <laughs> on the freeways and lots of traffic seems to do the trick. Exactly. Uh, so good. I'm glad you're here, Jeff. We're gonna get some questions uh, fired up for you. You can text questions if you want the same number. It's that Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text number I gave out four one four seven nine nine eleven thirty. The retirement clinic usually starts out with some news, some stories that Jeff has done some research. I'm going to have uh, Christina's done some research also, and she wants to open up with that. Thank you. Uh, so I found an interesting article saying that women are now the workforce majority. Um, so women held 50.04% of jobs last month, surpassing men on payrolls by 109,000. Is that the first time ever? No, but it's the first time in uh, since the mid 2010s. So it's it's been quite a while. Um, And overall, the economy added about 145,000 jobs last month and unemployment stayed at a 50-year low of 3.5%. So one reason that this was really interesting is because a lot of people are starting to plan for their future. And if you've only had one spouse working, um, according to this article, let's just say it was the male, and you've saved enough based on one income, well now your wife's gone to work. Now you have two incomes. Mm-hmm. Your disposable income has now increased. You might not have saved enough based on this new income. So it's very important to start talking to an advisor to make sure that you have enough saved now based on both incomes. Um, and also taxes. You know, you have two incomes. Your taxes are going to go up. You want to make sure that you have a thorough tax plan in place uh, for now and the future in retirement. So it's it's very important that the women start coming in and making sure that we have plans in place to help them protect their discretionary income. Well, well lu- both spouses should come in. But. Yes. A luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity, too. And when you have a second income coming in, whether it's the, the male or the female, whichever is the second income coming in, and you have that good income coming in, you get used to that. And the dilemma that is presented with regard to retirement planning is that if you don't set money aside, you're going to get used to that certain lifestyle and you're not going to be able to duplicate that in retirement. Exactly. So especially with you know, and more women in the workforce now, which is wonderful. That, uh, well, more than men. It, so it's a higher number than men. Uh, now, I, I will defer to the only boomer in the studio. That would be you, Jeff. Ha. Did you, I mean, back in the day, this this would have been unheard of. 1960, 1970? Wait, wait a second. <laughs> that's right. Saying, it would have been. That's not home. a sexist statement. That's a fact. No, that there was not near the number of women working as opposed to Now, women. Jane worked her entire career. Oh, well, she worked for 30 years at AT&T. And then retired after 30 years. So she was one of the exceptions. She was in the workforce. Mm-hmm. And really, it's not our generation. It was a prior generation. My mom didn't work. My mom was, uh, uh, was a stay-at-home mom her whole life. And that uh, was the, the tradition at that time. And I think it's moving more towards that now. Oh, I, I agree. Uh, with women staying home. I mean, uh, I, I, in my own life, just know some men that are staying at home and taking care of the kids. It's a reversed role than what we're used to. If it's not that, it's both are working. Yeah. Right. Boy, and that does get, you get that two income going and uh, that gets very, you get used to that. You definitely do. And if you don't have enough planned in retirement to continue that lifestyle, what are you going to cut back on? I mean, you're, you're used mm-hmm. to this. You don't want to cut back now down to one income in retirement or the equivalent of one income in retirement, I should say. Well, that's uh, that's actually surprising. Good stuff, Christine. As long as we're on that subject of the economy, this is, we, we talked about this the last time. These are two USA Today articles. Yeah. 
and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They still don't mention President Trump, but it's just awesome. <laughs> but they, they are praising the economy. Yeah, correct? they sell. Bull market historically loves re-election years. Optimism over China trade talks. Who's involved in those China trade talks? Yeah, who started that? Any idea? President Trump. I think so. But in this whole article, there's no mention of him in here. But it says election day is a year away and stocks are poised to keep rising over the next 12 months with an incumbent in office. That is, if history is any indication, that's a disclaimer. You know, there's no guarantee it's going to go up this year. But since 1952, the Dow Jones Industrial Average has climbed 10.1% on average during an election year when a sitting president has run for re-election which is widely used as a stock trade, according to Stock Traders Almanac. Um, over the same period, the blue chip average has fallen 1.6% during election years when there's an open field. One reason why, there's typically less uncertainty for people who buy and sell stocks with the incumbent in office. Um, you know, if they have to prepare for a Senator Warren or, or, or a President Warren or a President Biden, uh, they may look at things a little bit differently. But trade hopes optimism about the U.S. trade China, uh, China trade deal, and I think they're scheduled to come into town. China is scheduled in for January fifteenth, right around that time, to sign the first phase. Trump, President Trump, is so good with this stuff too. He says, "We'll take care of the second, the, the rest of it after I get reelected." So oh, you know he's got a campaign on. <laughs> that's just, well, the art of negotiation, right? I mean, that's that's kind of his specialty. So if they're Jeff. if they're trying to wait him out, he's saying this is a reason to reelect me, right? But it's not just about that. It's good for the U.S. Whether it's Trump or Obama or Biden or whoever does it, it's good for the U.S. to have that trade deal done. Retirement planning. If you're doing uh, planning for retirement, uh, some uh, people suggest sticking with your current percentage of stocks and bonds. Mike Purcell, actually, he's a friend of mine. He's in the CN, uh, USA Today. Uh, he's uh, president of a group in, in uh, Barrington, Illinois. Uh, most of his clients have 70% stocks, 30% in bonds, and he's, he expects the stocks markets to, to be strong. Uh, longest bull market in history. Uh, we're overdue for a session, but good economies don't die of old age. And that, I think, is a good point that you don't um, – we're not – and that's, that's another article that I have where they were predicting a recession in November. And the market's up about 3% since they pre- predicted the, re- the recession. Uh, but you keep your allocation the same. Um, uh, we were just in uh, Australia earlier this year, and they've gone 28 years without a recession. So you don't have to have a recession. Just because it's uh, 10 or 12 years old now doesn't mean that the market has to go into a recession. It doesn't have to. Um, and this was uh, this is the other USA Today article that when they said this was the the uh, this was November eighteenth the Dow was right at twenty eight thousand and now it's almost at twenty nine thousand so it's up just about three percent but the article says this is another USA Today article invest carefully amid recession fears who's got recession fears I have I've not heard anybody talk no, about that says, in, in months. Half of Americans say they're worried about a recession right around the corner. <laughs> the 2008 recession. What signs would be pointing to that? Unemployment all-time low, yep. right? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. The, 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 yeah, unemployment at all-time low. Uh, wages are going up. They said it was up 2.9%, a little bit less. They thought it would be around 34 It was actually up 2.9%. Those on the lower rung are actually, their, their income is rising more. Consumer spending was great. The Christmas holiday spending was fantastic. Interest rates are low. Oil prices are still relatively low. Companies are making money. Yeah, what sign is there that there's a recession? Or is it just that we think... It's got to happen sooner or later. We're well, due, right? We're, we're due for a correction. And that, there's a big difference between a correction and a recession. A correction happens at, uh, on average since World War II every 18 months uh, where the market goes down between 10% and 20%. So every year and a half. Yeah, every year and a half. And it's been quite some time. Yeah. So we're, we're due for a correction. But on average also... It recovers in four months. Jeff, I know we got a break here in about a minute, but I don't know if everybody, including myself, quite understands all the nuances of what the China trade deal is about. If you were to sum it up in a nutshell, what does the trade deal mean? Why is it a good thing? Well, they're opening up the markets more for, to, for, for uh, less tariffs on, uh, on U.S. products. Uh, China's putting less tariffs on. We haven't seen all the trade deal yet went to phase one but typically it's opening i don't know that they've addressed intellectual property yet um they you know, st- I, I actually know that they have not uh stealing our uh technology stealing our uh, intellectual property i don't think that's phase two but this one's just opening up the markets reducing tariffs both ways um so that, you know apparently they're saying that it's especially good for farmers and um uh, for our mar- for those types of markets for China, definitely a positive for the U.S. Absolutely. and our economy. Yeah, isn't it what, like Trump said? It's about time we get this done. That should have been done years ago. Should have been done years ago. Stand up to them. Yep. Good stuff, guys. Uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, here on WISN, also on WIBA in Madison. Christine Hayward is here from the Madison or Middleton office, right? Yes, Middleton, which is. Pretty much Madison. It, it is. It's the west side. Yeah. Like a suburb. Like St. Brookfield in Milwaukee. Exactly. So after the break, we'll be joined by Aaron Kowal for the boss segment. Uh, but then we're going to take your phone calls and ask uh, if you've got a question. Uh, you can get the answers right here on the Retirement Clinic. To do that, simply give us a call. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 414-799-1130. Estate planning, social security questions. How's your 401k doing? You have questions about life insurance, a Roth IRA. Any retirement question, welcome right now with Jeff Kowal on the Retirement Clinic. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. As a business owner, you are busy with your business. There are so many issues that demand your attention that by and large, your own planning comes last, and that's typical. A recent study from BMO found that only a fraction of the country's 28 million small business owners are prepared for retirement. They found that 75% of small business owners, and a small business is defined as a company with less than 500 employees, have saved less than $100,000 for retirement. That's a huge problem. Owners are usually so focused on their business with so many demands on their time that they neglect their own. Another way that owners trip up is that they believe that their business is the best investment and has provided the most growth, so why bother investing in anything else? 
Believing your business is terrific, but sometimes a business owner can be blindsided either by disruption in their industry, changing government regulation, staff defection, or even declining faculties. We strongly believe in diversification. Many people that we see have the vast majority of their assets in their home, 401k, and a business. And the business owners many times do not have a 401k or some sort of retirement plan. It's crucial that a business owner takes steps to minimize risk in the event the business does not work out the way they want and the way they may have envisioned. If the business is the only retirement plan and God forbid the business fails or ends up not being worth nearly what you thought and you really don't want to be stuck not being able to live the life you want, only 20% of businesses listed for sale ever sell, so it may be worth it to take a look and see what steps can be taken in your situation to help alleviate some of the risk that is already inherent in owning and running a business. Work with someone who focuses on retirement and can help act as a catalyst to get the planning in place to add peace of mind that if your company is blindsided, your retirement won't be. All right, Aaron Colwell with today's Boss Minute. Jeff, uh, business owners need a retirement plan. We remind our listeners of that every week on the show. Uh, and sometimes their business plan is their business. I mean, their retirement right. plan is their business. And what Aaron usually talks about a lot of times he does. Uh, and it's so true that you have to diversify away from that. Um, you know, plan for a successful business. That's a great, great idea. For most of us, we plow all the money back into our business while we're building it. So we, we're, we have the blinders on and just plowing right ahead. But if you can peel off a little bit and start planning for retirement, not just so that in case the business doesn't, create as much wealth as you would hope, but just to have another, you know, to diversify a little bit, just like you do with your, with your investments inside your retirement plans, you should with your business as well and have different types of accounts. Hopefully the business is going to take off. Not a bad idea having to put, uh, uh, putting a fair amount of money into retirement plans as well. I got a question, Christine, for you. In this good economy, strong economy, things are, are going, it almost seems too good to be true. But, but it's true. It's a strong economy. Do you see that some clients can get, or just people in general, complacency? I'm doing very good. My 401k is up. I don't need to worry about it. I'll just, if, if things turn around, I'll start worrying about it. Or is that okay to be complacent in good times? I think a lot of, well, at least for my clients, um, there's a little bit of worry, like you were talking about before, about this recession and why are we worrying. I think people... Some are waiting for the other shoe to drop, but right. I, but because we're so good at diversifying a lot of our clients, they understand that if one sector falls, another sector will be rising. So I would say most of the clients aren't aren't worried, and, and diversification is is key to doing that. Um, if you're too heavy in stocks, for example, and something goes, you can change things around. Right, and when you're talking about stocks. You, know, you have small, mid, large. You have equity income, equity growth. There are so many different types of stocks. You can have preferred stocks. Uh, you can have convertibles. Uh, when you're talking about bonds, too, we're not just talking about necessarily traditional bonds. There are high yield bonds. There are muni bonds. So when you have, it's not good to have all your eggs in one basket. So when you have all these different sectors, you're going to feel a little bit calmer because you know you have things that will drop certain years and other things will rise certain years. Every investor has a different risk tolerance temperament. Yes. Some people get a little nervous the second they see the Dow go down, right? Right. Right. Uh, and others don't really care. Right. <laughs> I mean, and for the long haul. Exactly. And and that's the mentality you have to have. You know, every year is not going to be great. We've been having a great year. And as, as Jeff has said, you know, we're, we don't foresee a recession, but there's definitely going to be a correction coming. But 
you're always going to have some bad market years throughout your life. So yeah, well, you have to focus on the 2019 was exceptional. It was though. wonderful, absolutely. And here we are on, what, the 11th of January as we sit here on a Saturday, and so far so good this year, right? Exactly. Let's get to a call or two here on WISN and, of course, WIBA each weekend on Saturday mornings, the Retirement Clinic with Jeff Kowal. And we go to Oak Creek. First up for the day is going to be Dave. Dave, you're on WISN, and, of course, the Retirement Clinic. Good morning. Hi, Dave. Okay. Hi. Okay. So I'm vested for my pension at work uh, in uh, July. I plan on taking my pension and retiring and getting Social Security and um, then maybe looking for another job. If I get another job, there won't be a problem with suspending Social Security and then going back to it later on when I want to. That's not a problem, is it? No. Uh, how old are you? 65. No. Yeah. No, if you if you start taking, you stop it. You, I believe you can do it at least once. Am I understanding this correctly? You start taking Social Security, and then yeah. you go you go back to work, and you want to stop with the Social Security, right, and, and then can, eventually go back to it. Of you course, can, you can and you can do that, Jeff. Up. I, I believe you can do. You used to be able to. That's where Carol Richardson comes in. Where's Carol? Uh, Call the show. You know she's listening. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but uh, it used to be that you would be able to start stop it at least once. Um, and then, you know, go, go back to work. Sometimes people would stop it when they were uh, on their full retirement age because there would be, uh, uh, you'd lose some Social Security, uh, uh, there'd be a two-for-one loss. If you, for every $2 you earned over a certain limit, about $17,000, you'd lose a so- dollar Social Security benefit. But then you could make it up later on. So I knew you could uh, stop it at least once. You should be able to, I'll get back to you with that. We'll try to uh, see if we can and, uh, find an answer for you on that. If not, give her office a call. Did you have another question too, Dave? Yeah, well, about Medicare. Okay, go ahead. Fire uh, away. Okay, so Medicare, um, this, I've got Medicare Part A, and uh, when I do retire, I'll need Part B. I've heard it takes three months to get it. Is that true? or? Uh, um... Well, you should, before you hit age 65, you should, or before you retire, you should start uh, signing up for it. Um it shouldn't take that long for Part B, but then you, your supplemental may take a little bit longer to to kick in after, especially you have to make a decision on what your supplemental plan will be. The Part B premiums typically that's that it shouldn't take that long, uh, but you know be prepared. Um, you know the, the uh, most retirees are paying about one hundred thirty five dollars a month for Social Security. It can go up to about four hundred sixty dollars a month depending on your income. That's the Part B, but then you want a supplemental insurance too. And that one may take, I know, as an example, um, you know, a client of mine just changed his and it's not going to kick in until February 1st because even though he signed up in the open period, it's going to take about six weeks for him to get, uh, it starts February 1st for him. So uh, uh, I would say that, you know, be prepared for it. Shouldn't take that long with Medicare. And I'll find out whether you can stop the Social Security or not. In addition to the Part B, um, you also want to look into a Part D. Otherwise, you can get penalized. And D as in D as in dog. Yep. So you want B as in boy, D as in dog. D as a prescription drug. Correct. Yep. D as in D as in drugs. That's an an easier way to remember. Yeah. yeah. Forget dog. (laughs) Forget dog. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. Thank you. That's an easy way to remember, Christine. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) And let's be honest. A lot of this stuff 
confuses a lot of us, guys like me. Unless you're in it every day. Right. First off, there's changes every year. Yes. A- and then you add to it Medicare, all these parts. What does it mean? Social Security, how much can I, t- when can I start taking it? Jeff, then you add the recent news of the SECURE Act passing. That was huge news in the retirement world. Sure, we've got a couple things on, on uh, uh, SECURE Act that we want to talk about. But this is from the AARP's website. Can I stop Social Security go back to work? Yes, if you claim Social Security retirement benefits within the previous 12 months, you can apply for a withdrawal of benefits. Um, you may have to repay what's uh, received so far, and Social Security will treat your application uh, as if it never happened. And then you can apply the with. So you, you, it looks like you can do it uh, with certain restrictions. You may have to pay it back. But that's from AARP's website. Again, if you want to uh, more information to talk about in more detail, give my office a call and we can talk about that. Let's give out the office information, which I've failed to do. Jeff, you have a website, you have social media, you've, you've got a phone. And the phone <laughs> number for the Kowal Investment Group, 262-522-4040. 262-522-4040. Online, thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L. Check out thekowalway.com. And as far as social media, everything's linked up, I think, on the website. But Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn all over social media, and of course, based in Waukesha, there's Port Washington, Madison, Phoenix, and in Racine, Wisconsin. That's right. com is a great website, too. If you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets, close to or already in retirement, whether it's in Middleton, uh, Madison, or Milwaukee, Waukesha, uh, north of Mequon, Port Washington, um, River Hills, all those areas in south to Racine, south Milwaukee, uh, uh, kind of, hey, if you're close to already in retirement, uh, go online, thekowalway.com. You can click uh, contact us. Uh, you can arrange an appointment to meet one of our great advisors, one of them in which is, is Christine, um, and start your retirement planning process. If you've accumulated more in retirement plan because the markets have been so good and you want to take a look at retiring in 2020, now's a good time to do it, thekowalway.com. Talking about, you mentioned the SECURE Act, Paul. Um, uh, I want to talk about a little bit about the, the qualified charitable distributions um, because the, the, this is from Ed Slot. Ed, I've been Ed's been a friend of mine since '99. He's nationally renowned uh, um, expert on retirement planning and distributions from retirement plans. Question: This is a question and answer. I turned seventy and a half in 2020. Since I do not have to take a required minimum distribution, how much can I? do in qualified charitable distributions this year because even though the 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 age for required minimum distributions is up to has gone up to 72 you can still make qualified charitable distributions from your IRA at 70 and a half so the answer is even though you won't have to do an RMD that doesn't affect your ability to take a QCD at seven and a half Qualified charitable distribution. One of the benefits of taking a QCD is to have a count towards the RMD. However, QCDs can be taken in amounts in excess of the RMD up to $100,000 a year. There's a lot of acronyms. Yeah. RMDs. RMD, yeah. Required minimum distribution qualified. You can even, so here's, here's the deal. Now, okay, <laughs> let's, here's let's, the translation in English. Here's, here's what it means that if you're charitably inclined and we're going to give to charity anyway, and you're over 70 and a half. It's not the year in which you turn 70 and a half. You have to be 70 and a half. Uh, if you're 70 and a half or better, 
and you're going to give $50,000 to, to five different charities. So you're going to give 10000 to five different charities. It makes a lot of sense to take it out of your IRA uh, because it's more powerful than a tax deduction. It's not included as income. If you're going to do it anyway, I like the idea of doing that. When you hit 72 and have to take required minimum distributions, then for sure you should be taking the qualified – you should be doing – if possible, do your uh, some a good chunk of your charitable giving through the QCD from your IRA. That's a great way to do it. I'm glad they changed it to 72, not 72 and a half. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Much easier yes. to understand. Yeah. There was. I don't know that there was any logic to 70 and a half unless it was a congressman. That's what who, you said. Somebody turned 70 and a half. Yeah. He wrote the bill that passed, and yeah. Yeah, that was the way it went. Christine, what do you have on there? And, and another piece, too. Uh, if you are giving to charity um, and you're itemizing, you get some deductions. But uh, a lot of people think, well, if I'm giving to charity and I'm taking the standard deduction, sometimes they think they're still getting credit for it. And you don't. You only get to deduct charity if you're already itemizing. So then giving the QCDs from the IRA gives you a lot more power if you are taking the standard. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, so with the Secure Act, there were some, well, I have some things that might excite a couple people and a couple things that might make people a little angry. So um, if you're turning 70 and a half after December 31st of last year, so basically in 2020, if you turn 70 and a half, then you can wait and take your RMD, required minimum distribution, at 72. Uh, what does it mean for someone who turned 70 and a half last year and delayed their first RMD to this year? Unfortunately, you're going to have to take it. You, that was one piece that didn't go through. And, and if you've already been claiming RMDs, you can't delay them. So unfortunately, you can only delay it if you are now 70 and a half. And that's happened after December 31st of 2019. So if you turned 70 and a half last year and delayed it, unfortunately, you're going to be taking but it. But moving forward. Moving forward. Yeah. So if you turn 70 and a half today, you can wait until you're 72. Ah. And again, just like Jeff said, you'll want to think about potentially doing some QCDs, but you can hold off on your RMD, the required minimum distribution, until you're 72. For the record, I'm not turning 70 and a oh, half. Uh, just yes. So you know. <laughs> not you personally, Not you personally, but... I understand. <laughs> However, Jeff, Jeff and I have talked about this. For some reason, when I hit 50, I started actually thinking about... Retirement. Now, I've been saving all along, right? right? Since my I've been 22, I started a 401k, but there's a certain point in your life, I think, where you just kind of wake up one day, and for me, it was 50, where you start thinking about your future. Do I want to work till I'm 70 and a half? Do I want to work till I'm 65 or whatever? Or switch jobs or whatever happens to be. Right. And we've got a number of our clients that are doing that, that are retiring at 55, 57, not retiring totally, but just retiring to a different job or um, you know, my physician is cutting down his hours. He's going to two days and fr- uh, every other week doing a Friday. So part time, great because he's got great skills. He can uh, still help patients. He's still in demand, but less stress and less time. And can- well, he, those guys are in big time demand because down there's a shortage of doctors and nurses. Yeah, mm-hmm. we and that's a, why they want to keep them. We were at an, I was at an interesting conference this week. I'd go to a strategic coach in Chicago, and they were talking about he's working with the Trump administration on. Um, Making medical costs more transparent. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah, because I was even talking to my my doctor this you week. You never he know says, what you're going to pay. A, a, a patient will ask me, "How much is this? How much? What, what is this cost?" He says, "I can't tell you because they don't tell me." Because in, insurance, how do they know what's covered and what's not? Right? Yeah, it's got to go through 18 different levels yep. before you figure out what you're you're. 
Oh my gosh, what a, it's. And I asked him if, if having all this just transparency is going to have fewer people going to the medical profession. He said, no, with the transparency, it's, it's a lot of bureaucracies that are making a lot of money. And that's, you know, that's one of the things they say that cancer will never be cured because more people are living off of it than dying from it. Making money from the treatments. And it's a sad right. way to, uh, right. to look at it, but it, it's probably got some truth, Jeff. Uh, I love that transparency. You go to a restaurant and you get a menu, the price is on it. You buy a car, there's a sticker, the price is on it. You buy a house, everything else has a price. And that's why mm-hmm. everybody, a lot of people like working with us because nobody likes paying fees, but you see what the fees are. We act as fiduciaries. Uh, it's a fee, they're fee-based accounts, so you get a quarter bill for the fees but you know you know what it is um and a lot of people are are uh, paying fees and they don't know what they are whether it's in your 401k other iras or wherever it is let's go back to the phones here on wisn and wiba the retirement clinic christine hayward joining jeff kowal from the kowal investment group here comes mark from richfield mark good morning good morning hi mark uh i have a question about inherited iras my mother passed away about a year and a half ago and some of her uh, IRA money was left in a contributory IRA. So we were um, made to set up uh, in an inherited IRA account. Um, the account balance was divided between uh, myself and uh, two other siblings. My portion of the share was about $12,000. How do I know what the RMD is on that? Well, that's. Uh, do you want to handle it, Christine, or Shai? So uh, with an inherited IRA, the RMD is going to be, so it's calculated uh, based on the account value of December 31st of the prior year, um, and they take your age into consideration and then the age of your mother upon passing. Um, typically, when you're working with uh, an advisor and you have a broker-dealer, they'll automatically calculate it for you. Um, yeah, there that are, didn't happen. Okay. There, there, there are some websites online where they... A lot of them don't guarantee, but they are extremely close to what the RMD is. Um, did you take an RMD last year? I did. I, I took 2500 Okay. You want to make sure that you're taking enough. Otherwise, you can pay a 50% penalty if yeah, you don't. Five zero. Five zero. yes, 50 um, okay. if you if you don't take enough. Um, Jeff, do you have any websites that you recommend over others? No, but we've got tables. Uh, uh, Ed Slot publishes tables. I might even have one with me. Anyway, we don't want to go into detail here. I, I do have a table with me, but um, yeah, we won't go into detail on that here. Give our office a call if you think we can help. It's a uniform lifetime table and then a, a single life table for inherited IRAs. So we do. there are tables available. We have them. Uh, so we can help you with that if you like. Another thing you might want to do if you don't want to goof around now, if your income is such that you want to take the required minimum distributions and you want to preserve the legacy for having that $12,000, you know, the, the minimum distribution is just as it suggests. It's the minimum. Uh, Mark, do you know what the maximum is that you could take out? Mark, you still with us? Mark, you there? Anyway, Mark, the maximum that He's you can take out is 100%. No. You could take the whole thing if you wanted to. So if it's $12,000 and you think, uh, you know, I, I don't want to goof around with the annual required minimum distribution. Can I take the whole thing? Yes, in general, you typically can. There's no reason why you couldn't. And the government would like you for it. That's why they don't prohibit it, because they'd get the income on income taxes on all the amount, not just the $2,500 that you're taking out. That was Mark and Richfield. Thanks for calling, Mark. We appreciate the question. And we've got plenty of time for calls as we continue the retirement clinic when we come back. The sexy segment right around the corner. It's about wealth management and preservation. In addition, any retirement question, 
that you've got on your mind, give us a call. The Accident Mortgage Talk and Text number is 414-799-1130. We'll be right back. Jeff, we are back with the retirement clinic. I couldn't hear myself because my headphones don't work. Okay, we're back. The retirement clinic. This music, Jeff, sets the tone for the sexy segment. The reason you do this is to reinforce wealth management and preservation so you can obtain wealth. You can get to a certain point, but you can also lose it. Well, that's right. So with this segment, the show is for everybody. This particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. Some people think... Money's sexy, so that's why we play the the stripper theme by David Rose. But it's really about wealth management and preservation. A lot of people don't realize that they're worth a million dollars. But if you have $500,000 in your retirement plan, a $500,000 home, you're at a million dollars. If you have a million dollars of life insurance, you're at $2 million. If you uh, own your business, if you get an inheritance, you may be at $2 million, $5 million, $10 million, $20 million or more. This segment is for you. And this is another Ed Slot article. This was, um, and this actually is um, a little bit scary because of the way that the the, the inherited IRAs, um, the change in the inherited IRAs where all the money has to come out in 10 years. So this says, the article is, IRA trust could become an estate planning disaster. The new SECURE Act that was passed uh, eliminates the stretch IRA and replaces it with a 10-year payout for most non-spouse beneficiaries. Now, here's the important part. We've talked about this a couple times already. The non-spouse beneficiaries, including trusts, stretch IRAs allow designated beneficiaries to extend distributions from inherited individual retirement accounts, just like Mark was called in on. Um, for an example, a 28-5-year-old beneficiary uh, he could take uh, required minimum distributions over his life expectancy another 58 years. The government said, we're not going to let you accumulate that money tax deferred for 58 years anymore. So now they put a 10-year limit on it. They believe the accounts for retirement should not be employed as an estate planning vehicle. It should be for retirement. So plan no longer as, uh, uh, as far as accomplishing the estate planning objective of controlling the funds for beneficiaries and qualifying for a stretch IRA. Those with the largest IRAs will be the most affected since they are most likely to name a trust as their IRA beneficiary in order to control distributions for beneficiaries and preserve the IRA for decades after death. So what's the problem with this? So you name the trust as a beneficiary, conduit trust so the the benefits flow through to the beneficiaries. What's the big deal? Well, the RMDs are paid from an inherited IRA to the trust and they then paid from the trust to the beneficiaries each year. So now if the limited, the problem is, if the payout is limited to 10 years, with the conduit trust having to pay out RMDs, at the end of 10 years, all the money gets paid off, leaving no funds protected in the trust and the beneficiaries with a huge tax bill. That's a problem. 
Yeah. Because one of the reasons why you were putting it into a trust was control spending of a beneficiary or one of the, you, know, you wanted to control the payout. Now the government's saying, no, you can't control it like that. You have to have everything out in 10 years, and especially in um, uh, for, for beneficiaries. And one of the things we were talking about earlier is that um, this may, if, the, if the benefits have to be paid out in 10 years, who usually is the beneficiary? The spouse. Spouse one. Spouse is not affected by that. Spouse can continue it forever. Okay. So it's non-spouse beneficiaries. Who are the non-spouse beneficiaries? Typically kids. Kids. So if kids are inheriting that, they may be inheriting it at the time when they're at the peak of their income. So before it used to be great because you could take out required minimum distribution. Now you're getting creamed in taxes after 10 years at the peak of your income. So 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 you're not necessarily doing a good thing. It's always good to inherit money. Don't. Don't get me wrong. But if you, there's some way you can control those taxes and you put the money into a trust, those trusts have to be revisited. So some of the things you can do now is create life insurance to help pay the trust, the taxes that are going to be due. So now life insurance planning comes into place. Biggest thing is that you have to review it. Life, you, I, I, can I ask a question about sure. life insurance? I've, I think I've asked you this before. Sometimes as you age, do people drop their life insurance policies? It depends. Uh, what we're doing a lot now is that clients are spending money on life insurance and they're saying, well, do I really need it? But they know that they have to spend some money on long-term care, uh, maybe insurance for that. So a lot of them have been looking at either long-term care with the money that they're spending on life insurance or better yet, what we like is the hybrid approach, uh, life insurance with a long-term care option on it. So you can take advances on the death benefit to pay for long-term care. That's a great planning technique at all uh, as well. Good, sexy segment today. Jeff Kowal on WISN and WIBA's Retirement Clinic. Christine Hayward joins us in studio as well from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Ba- part of Barron's Top Financial Advisors, the last... Six Six years. years. Six years and running, Jeff. Good for you and your staff. Financial Times, Top 400 Advisors, the Milwaukee Biz Times, Future 50. Uh, After the break, all the info. How do you get in touch with the Kowal Investment Group? We'll be right back with that and more on WISN. Stick around. First off, thank you for tuning in once again to the Retirement Clinic. Everybody drive safe. Be safe on the roads. I don't need to stress that, I don't think. Jeff, you made it in. I did. It was pretty easy. Christine came from But it was slippery. I I stopped off at my office on the way here, and it was sheer ice. Well, like sidewalks. If you don't salt around your house, I... Uh, we've been getting word about that. The roads are different because you get the salt on the semis and they're kind of wet now. We're getting texts from from listeners that are <laughs> sending me little windy jokes like I saw a guy chasing his toupee. Thank you for that. We asked for <laughs> retirement questions and I'm getting goofy que- comments. So we appreciate everybody listening. As we wrap up. Well, we appreciate up, the jokes too, but yeah, we, should, we should be concentrating on retirement. We, uh, we had a good show. Good questions today, Jeff. If they want to follow up off the air. What's the best way? Well, if you're close to already in retirement, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, if you're just tired of doing it yourself, if you have assets scattered all over, this is another way that a lot of our clients have come to us. Uh, or um, uh, if you're... If your number is going to be called this year, if you're going to retire this year and you haven't had an advisor in the past or you haven't talked to your advisor in a long time, 
TheKowalWay.com, K-O-W-A-L, TheKowalWay.com is a great way to get started with us. You can request an appointment by saying contact here. So get started with us online at TheKowalWay.com. There's great content there as well. Uh, also, 262-522-4040, 262-522-4040. A lot going on with estate planning, uh, with uh, the new SECURE Act, um, with investments. How should you be handling your investments in retirement? Should you be making some changes? And a strong economy. You, feel, you know that fear of missing out, the FOMO? If you weren't in the market this last year, if you got out for whatever reason, I think those people are having a little bit of the FOMO, right? Absolutely. You missed out on a pretty good year. But the process is this, that if you call our office, well, We'll take a look at that and see if you did miss out and are you going to miss out this year if you don't have the right allocation in your retirement plan and your other investments. But if you have a million, two million, three million dollars in retirement assets, you need to pay attention to it, especially with regard to the SECURE Act. Um, you're not going to be left alone with that. They're coming after your wealth, and they're doing it in a stealthy way. They're, they're Again, with the SECURE Act, the, the for non-spouse beneficiaries, it's only 10 years. So you have to do some planning. The Kowalway.com is a great way to get started. You're on LinkedIn. Christine reminded me of that. Yep. On break. Yes. Yes. What do I look for? Uh, you can type in Kowal Investment Group on mm, LinkedIn. That's simple. Yes. On Twitter as well. On Facebook, you can look up Kowal Investment Group or simply go back to that website, Jeff, thekowalway.com. Yeah. And again, 262-522-4040, thekowalway.com. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, gather your assets. We'll find out what direction you want to take with your planning. We'll find out what's important in your life. Care deeply about your success in retirement. So do give, give our office a call, 262-522-4040 or thekowalway.com. Monday through Friday on WISN, 3 o'clock news block, 5 o'clock news block. You hear the market updates, including Christine Hayward. Thank you for making the drive from Madison. Yes, thank you for having me. We'll see you next week. Jeff Kowal, have a good weekend. Thanks. You too, Paul. Thanks for tuning in to the Retirement Clinic.